0: You're listening to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change, hosted by Rev Yearwood, Mustafa Santiago Ali, and me, Antonique Smith. Each week, we host important conversations with innovators, policymakers, cultural influencers, and movement leaders who are leading the way to a 100% clean energy and just world.
1: Welcome, 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 welcome to Think One Hundred Percent, the coolest show on climate change. I am Reverend Yearwood, president of the Hip Hop Caucus,
2: and this is Mustafa Santiago Ali.
1: I want to thank you first to all of our, our our folks who are supporting this amazing show, and uh, we I want to give a shout out to uh, our folks at LCV, our folks at UCS. I want to give a big shout-out right here for WPFW. Uh, Tomorrow, we are embarking on an amazing moment in history. We are embracing on uh, Martin Luther King at the 50-year anniversary. Uh, We are embracing at this will be uh, 50 years since his assassination. And right here at WPFW, WPFW will present MLK Interrupted Poverty, Racism, and Economic Equality 50 years later. That's all day tomorrow. I mean, that's all day. We're going to go into that from 5 a.m. So get your alarm clock set till midnight. Uh, you know, you can listen at WPFWFM.org. Uh, you know, the WPFW app 89.3 right here. And that is Martin Luther King 50. Um, so that's, that's going to be an important process as we get into that. But, again, thank you all for tuning in to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. I got I to give a big shout-out, Mustafa, for there are some folks who are listening to this show, my friends down at Howard University, um, you know, over there at, at Howard, uh, who are doing the protests. So shout-out to the young folks, my alma out there doing their thing, as well as my good friends over there at Best Cuts Barbershop, which is uh, across the street from Hollywood and They're tuning in to this show, which is so important because this show is really from the streets to the suites. And for all y'all, you can check out definitely more information at think100.info for more on today's episode. You can actually submit questions. You can go to hashtag think100.info. Or even now, you, can, you got the—I the, guess—the Twitter. They got the new Twitter. We blowing up. So the new Twitter is at Think One Hundred Show. Um, on, on that, but we have a powerful show for you this week. As I said, tomorrow is the fiftieth anniversary of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination. So tonight, on the evening before that tragedy, fifty years later, and let me be very clear that the dream did not die on the balcony. We'll be exploring how his legacy lives on and inspires us to continue fighting for our rights and justice. But before we bring um, our guest in to help connect the dots, um, you know, Mustafa, I I just want to just talk a little about something that's, you know, we usually use this time here for our Mm -hmm. shout-outs, and I just want to have a a conversation actually um there's some very serious people so you know that this show think 100 percent i'm rev yearwood mm-hmm. i'm one of the hosts, co-hosts with my brother mustafa ali and this show just so you're clear it's not about republican or democrats it's about humanity um, it's about literally fighting for everybody's children we ain't picking nobody's children to fight for um but and so i just want to be clear on that but you know one of the things here, for those who don't know, there's an agency that's called the Environmental Protection Agency. And for those who don't know what that is, Mustafa used to work there. He can get more into that um, in a little bit, but just it's just real clear: we, it's the agency that makes sure that, that the toxins in the atmosphere um, and the water that we drink is clean, and the air that we drink, the air that we breathe is, is good. Um, they have a lot more responsibility. They regulate car standards, make sure that they ex- I mean, there's so much. And this is particularly important for people of color because a lot of times, one of the reasons why we're here today and having this show is that 50 years ago when Dr. King went to Memphis, it was to fight for the sanitation workers. And it was literally an environmental justice conversation that we were having. Um, but let me just get into this real quick. I just want to say this. The person who was, who was put into that position name is Scott Pruitt. So he's from Oklahoma. That's not, not really important for the conversation. But what is important is this. Um, and I'm, I'm going to speak from my heart, if it's okay, for a minute. Because um, I was in Flint um, a couple weeks ago, and they still don't have clean water. And I've seen the effects of my ch- children, not my, but my, my community's children, who have asthma, Bronchitis, my mama's getting cancer. And all I ask for, I mean, you know, I, I I'm not going to get into how much what me and this president don't agree or we do agree on and you know, and but all I ask for, man, is that you just make sure that we got clean air and we got we got we got clean water. I mean that that's that's what I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. And and right now this person, Scott Pruitt, has made a decision to to, 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 to not to do that. And that means that my people die. And so I can't have that. That can't be this situation. So bottom line is that because of that, many organizations, and I just want to give a a shout-out to folks like Green for All, Green Latinos, Center for American Progress, Sierra Club, LCV, NRDC, Next Gen America, EDF, Friends of the Earth, Center for Environmental Health, and Environmental Working Health Group, and so many more who have said, you got to go, man. This is not a game. Our children are dying. This is not a game. And so if you're going to be in that position and be more worried about living and staying with lobbyists and be in that position and be more concerned about building doors for your for your office that costs thousands of dollars, be first class, going to Rose Bowl, doing all these things, man, go out there to the private sector, do that. But if you're going to be in a position that's required of you to make sure our children got Good water and clean air. Mamas don't get cancer. Then, man, you got to go. You got to go, man. So Scott Pruitt is a campaign called Boot Pruitt. Please go there. Check it out. Be involved in that process. Boot, boot Pruitt. B-O-O-T-P-R-U-I-T-T. com. You know, but the, the reality, man, that, that you're destroying these laws, these regulations that affect poor people. And that's the reality, man. I mean, it's not no game. This is America. I mean, I mean, I mean, I signed up. So I don't think no. Well, rev yours, not, not America. No, man. I, I was an officer in the Air Force, so I, I I I I put my life on the line for this country. I love my country, but I love everybody. And for you to be in that position, and to still be there playing games, you got to go. So it's time for us to come together. Republicans are calling for you to be gone. Democrat. I missed mean, one time I think one time it was that like we, we we got unity <laughs> on it. We got Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, everybody <laughs> saying you you got to go. So, Boot Pruitt, um, you know, bootpruitt.com, dot um, You know, there are over twenty members of Congress, both Republicans and Democrats, have called for Scott Pruitt to leave the EPA. I just asked everybody listening to my voice just to sign up at the petition at Boot, Boot dot com I mean, you know he probably on the ropes i get it you know i don't know how long gonna last really and i hope that whoever comes in there next because you can't last long hey just come on man we may not agree on a lot of things and that and i get that we might agree on how you know the wall this or i mean we, we, we got to figure that thing but let's at least agree on clean air and clean water that's we should agree on that so mustafa uh, what's your shout out for the week
2: Well, you know, it's about the fuel economy standards. It kind of ties into what you were just talking about, about how the impacts inside of our communities and many, many times are much more disproportionate, much more detrimental uh, to our children, uh, to our elders, uh, and in many instances to our own lives. If you look at the fuel economy standards that, uh, you know, uh, Administrator Pruitt is currently trying to roll back, it's just common sense stuff that's going on in this space, Rev. If you ask anybody... If I should have 50 miles to a gallon for a gallon of gas, most people are going to say yes, because most people understand that, you know, spending 3 $4 for a gallon of gas, you want to get every bit of that that you can out of that space. And then the other part, too, is those emissions that are coming out of the tailpipes of cars and trucks. And we know in our communities that, once again, we are disproportionately impacted, that many – uh, of the transportation routes run right through our communities and those impacts go right into our schools uh, and into our homes so we have to address that but the other part too is Rev that they get into our pockets and they get into our pockets because these standards if implemented properly will save us 1.7 trillion dollars let me say that again for folks because you know sometimes when we start adding T's to aliens uh, we start getting people's attention 1.7 trillion dollars is associated with this so that means that they roll it back then those impacts are going to come back into our communities both in our health and in our pocketbook and that is just unacceptable as you said so that's why i'm so excited about the conversation that is happening here today because we are building upon the legacy of dr king we're here with champions who not just talking about it but being about it out there in the communities in our colleges and universities actually building and helping to make real change happen so that's why Rev and I are so passionate about this because we understand, we've seen firsthand the impacts in our communities, but we also understand the opportunities that are in front of us. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to WPFW
1: 89.3. Um, this is Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. And it, it is just that. Um, my name is Rev Yearwood. You just heard from my, my brother, Mustafa Ali. We are the host for this show, um, but this is definitely the community show. But let's get in. We have some amazing folks in in the studio here on this on this. Actually, not even this anniversary, because tonight would have been Dr. King gave his you mm-hmm. know uh, mountaintop speech. This would have been his last day on earth 50 years ago, and he gave his life fighting this cause. And we got somebody who was in that spirit um, in 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 in, uh, in 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 the studio here in the thick 100% uh, studio. Him and his his beautiful wife is over in the corner. Every time I see him, I see that's always a good thing now. You know, when you see a man come to his wife, that's a fantastic testament right there um, in that process. But with us today, we have Reverend Leo Woodbury. He is one of the country's leading experts in climate justice, energy equity, and environmental justice. For decades, he has advised government agencies, uh, non-government organizations. that they have me NGOs, but for the folks over there from Best Guts to all over, we'll make sure (laughs) y'all know what we're talking about on this show. Uh, NGOs, non-government organizations, and international groups like the United Nations. He is the pastor of Kingdom Living Temple and he is the executive of New Alpha Community Development Corp in Florence, South Carolina. Man, let's bring him in. The amazing Reverend Leo Woodbury. My brother, how are you? I'm fine. That was uh,
3: an amazing introduction. I was wondering who you were talking about.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, Reverend Woodbury, we're just going to get straight into it Uh, as as Reverend Um, you know as Rev just said you know you've been doing it for a long time but I want our listeners to understand your journey because sometimes it's important for folks to understand your journey sometimes they see you up on stages and they don't understand all the work that has gone into all the sacrifice so I know you started off uh, as a community organizer as a student Uh, can you share a little bit about that journey and what inspired you to to begin down this path
3: yes um, thank you actually um My first opportunity to organize, I was 14 years of age. Mm. And at that time, I was living in Brooklyn, New York, and they had a program uh, that was called the Neighborhood Youth Corps Program that kept young people off the street during the summer, during what they called the long, hot summers when they had riots. Mm -hmm. And so at 14, I became eligible to get a job. And the mayor of New York City at that time, Robert Wagner, Announced that he, the city, would not be matching the federal funds, so there would be no program. And so, and then at that time they had uh, a man who called himself a liberal Republican, John V. Lindsay, okay. who was running for mayor, and um, he announced that if elected. That he would have the program. And so, as soon as I heard that, I went across the street, um, from my projects at where he had in a campaign office, got some flyers, went around and, uh, put them in, in apartment doors, met a man named Katanga Ali from a group called the East, which was, a an Afrocentric group. And, um, they said, we're going to City Hall next week to uh to have a protest demanding jobs for young people and i went out there that was my first demonstration which turned into a riot and so that that was my introduction to uh to community organizing
2: okay well that's fantastic so then how did you make that transition cuz you know there's this false narrative uh that that seems to be slowly disappearing, but sometimes that folks of color don't care about the environment, uh, are not engaged in that process. Now, we all know that that's that's not true, but how did you get involved in the environmental work that you do? Well, you know, one thing when we talk about
3: um, the environment and climate change, we have to realize that it impacts not only flora and fauna but it also impacts people and communities and so how I was introduced to it was that we had a group called the PD community center in Marion South Carolina it was a team mentoring program and so we had went through all the traditional resisting peer pressure nonviolent conflict resolution we moved into the area of health you know of avoiding drug addiction teen pregnancy and i got a fish advisory from the state environmental agency that said that there was a um a limit on certain types of fish in every waterway in South Carolina and that women of childbearing age and children should not consume more than a certain amount of, of these fish weekly or monthly because otherwise they may have learning dis, uh, learning development problems. And so I wanted to know where this came from. I found out it came from mercury. I found out the mercury came from coal fire. Um, electric facilities, mm-hmm. and that began my journey.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow! And that's wow. one of the reasons we need to make sure that the clean power plan stays in place. Absolutely. Those types of issues, yeah. yeah. Rev.
1: No, no, definitely. I, I guess Rev. Woodbury, um, one, thank you for coming, and uh, definitely appreciate the work you've been doing. Um, I guess you know, both as ministers, um, you know, we have a calling, and part, you know, and that part of our calling is to serve. And so, as we, part of this show is in the spirit of looking back at Dr. King, who would have been 89. Uh, and then people forget that he was only in his 30s mm-hmm. when he was assassinated, 39 years old. Um, and that's, a lot of folks who in their 30s gotta remember that, it was, he was only 39 with small children and a wife and a whole nine yards. And I, I guess to me, what, what, what impact for you, I know. For me, it's, it's this is social justice and environmental justice. But for you, and the issues from climate justice, energy equity, environmental justice, what impact did Dr. King's, I guess, I guess his his, his life motivates you, um, and this, you know, you use to keep going. Well, you know my
3: family is like a lot of african American families. My family is from the south from South Carolina, and my mother was actually born the same year as dr King wow. And so coming down visiting i saw the I saw the Black water fountains and the white water fountains, and I sat with my grandmother and and other elders. Hey, hold on, and,
1: for, for, for some young folks, explain what you mean when you say black water fountains and white water oh, fountains. Oh, se-
3: segregation, you know that uh, they had separate accommodations, separate and unequal, so that uh, you would have a water fountain in a public facility for whites and another one for blacks, which was absolutely ridiculous when you think to yourself that they wanted black people to cook their food. But they didn't want them to drink from the same water fountain. Wow. <laughs> And so uh, that, that shows you how ludicrous racism is. And so I grew up seeing that. I grew up hearing stories from my, my grandmother and, and other elders about how people actually died because the, the white ambulance came. And by the time the black ambulance came, the person had passed away. My grandfather was a sharecropper. And so, uh, even though we were in Brooklyn, New York, in the projects, we played, we paid close attention to, to what was going on. And so that whole doctrine of, of love in the beloved community was, was really strong. And my parents were really strong, uh, about, about that. And my family, while not officially activists, my mom was the kind of person who, would go around the community with a petition because they needed a stop sign on this street <laughs> corner. And she was the first uh, African-American to be elected as a vice president for the PTA because mm-hmm. she came home one day and said, why aren't there any black uh, uh, executive officers of the PTA? So I grew up watching Dr. King and my parents um, you know, being concerned about the, citizen, uh, the, the citizens of this country and the members of our community.
1: And I guess i just follow up that. Knowing one of the things that Dr. King was trying to do, and you've done as well, is that he was trying to break down the silos within our movement. So things from poverty, racism, economic, economic equality, um, uh, militarism, um, you know, he wanted to say, "Listen, as we do today, let's let's figure a way that that same thing, that's the same bomb that are dropping overseas, are the same thing that are hurting our community right here." So, as let's take it now for the climate movement. Does um, Dr. King's mantra of nonviolence, his spirit of going to the streets, his spirit up of going, getting in the way, uh, causing John Lewis his good trouble, can Can that work for the climate movement?
3: Yes, that definitely can work for the climate movement. But the important thing is that we need to move away from being siloed and segmented. Mm. Because when we look at the success of the civil rights movement or any movement, um, we find that people come aboard for a variety of reasons. So when you look at the civil rights movement, there were people who were involved with the movement because they wanted equal access to schools, because they wanted to eat at a lunch counter, because they wanted to marry someone of a different race, because they felt a, it was a moral imperative, because they wanted the right to vote. You know, there was a whole plethora of reasons why people wanted to see a change in 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 terms of civil rights in the country, and one of the things that we need to do in terms of uh the environmental and climate movement and movements all across this country is realize that there are are threads of justice and equity that run through all of our movements, and mm-hmm. only when we are able to attain justice in every issue area for all of our constituents do we attain victory.
2: Mm. Well, Rev, we know that, uh, you know, one of our, we, we really appreciate you coming up from South Carolina here to D.C. and being with us here this evening. And we know that you have a big announcement to make. Um, could you talk just a little bit about the Justice First tour? Um Sure. The, the
3: Justice First Tour, uh, we're joining together with some national organization and a whole host of uh, state networks and local organization to say that we want to move away from being siloed and segmented, that just as the civil rights movement provided a big tent, for people of various um, movements to to work under. We want to do the same thing in the South. And so we say if we lift up justice first across issue areas, then that will allow us to increase our impact and, and to um, have greater victories. And so with the tour, we're asking people, Um, irregardless of whether they're dealing with climate justice, earth justice, economic justice, gender justice, racial justice, um, reform of criminal justice, that we all need to come together and support each other under the banner of justice. So um, right now we have 10 states Mm -hmm. uh, in the South that we'll be visiting. So it's Arkansas, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Florida, uh louisiana mississippi alabama uh kentucky uh uh, and georgia i believe i got them all but it's 10 cities Um, twenty-two. No, no, hold up. Is, I mean, is, ten states, twenty-two is, cities. Is
1: Virginia considered the South? I'm not sure. I ain't gonna. try to start nothing. Now. I ain't not want to beat that one. Don't start nothing. I'm just trying to ask. Like, <laughs> is
3: that the South, though? If, if you look, if you look at some of their policies, yes, it's the oh, South. Oh,
1: I like that answer. Right, right. I like that answer.
3: So, um, so we, um, so we're looking to not only build a big tent that everyone can work under, but also to create platforms. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at, um, for for example, Virginia, the Southeast Care Coalition is over 20 organizations, the Mississippi Clean Energy Advisory Team, over 20 organizations, North Carolina Environmental Justice um, Network, North Carolina Interfaith, Power & Light, and a host of organizations are coming together. And so um, that's exactly what we want to do, build a big platform so that when we want to work locally, statewide, regionally um, in the areas of direct action or legislative ask or advocacy, or organizing will be able to to do that on a larger grander scale, and so um we 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 are inviting anyone and everyone to to join this 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 movement to call for um justice first and we we're looking at it with a long term strategy mm-hmm. so that we're looking at how that can be supportive of the global efforts in the people's climate march in September. We're looking at it in terms of us um, making sure that our legislators are are pushing legislation that advance justice first in in any issue area and also making sure that people turn out to the polls in November. And hopefully with these platforms, we'll be able to do things. One of the things I would like to do, we had a. Legislative Day February 13th in South Carolina we brought together 100 individuals from 24 organizations across the state. We would love to next year all go to our state capitals on the same day the same week in all 12 states. Okay. All and right. so those are the kind of platforms we we're, we're talking about building much much in, in in the same vein that Dr. King did.
1: Mm. Man, you know, so I want to I want to ask you this this question, and this is what you this is first. Where if folks want to be involved, where can they go to? What's, what's the is there a website? That yes, we have out? a Facebook
3: page and, and a website, okay, and we'll be glad that? to share that. I don't remember the website. Okay, well, but, gonna, if you go to well, it, it well, was that's, just made. No, but that's, it, why, but that's
1: why we got ooh, Think One Hundred .dot info. When we gonna post it right there at right. So if you want to get involved, you go to Think One Hundred info We're going to have the information okay, up, up, up on the site. But let me say this, because this is actually important, because we talk about breaking silos. Um, many folks in our community are struggling. Um, they're hurt what they saw with Stefan Clark in Sacramento. They're grieving what they saw with Alton Sterling um, in, in, in Baton Rouge, that, that the cycle of the decision of not holding people accountable for killing people who look like them. Um, they're, they're furious about when they still see the, 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 the cycle, when they see Eric Garner being choked to death um, and on their eyes on YouTube um, and then because the coal-fired power plants are still in that borough um, you know, Eric Garner has an asthma attack right after that and they still the cycle, they're either killing us with asthma and pollution or poverty or with police brutality um, they, and They're seeing this cycle with, you know, we are still in many cases fighting the case of, you know, last hire, first fire. Uh, We're still fighting the situation that, man, even if we have a good movie out, um, like Black Panther or something, folk want to just tear that down. This is a a cycle. And I get the cycle. I get the breaking the silos down from immigration to so many other issues. But sometimes... It's not so much that our community will break the silos down. It's that the progressive community, you know, doesn't want to go into their community and break down silos. It's like, yo, your, your folks, you got to go talk to your folks because we we voting right in Alabama. We voting good in, in Virginia. You know, we, we out here in these streets. So maybe you got to talk, maybe next Thanksgiving or 4th of July, whenever that time may come up. So how do we actually for our movement as a progressive because, It's one thing to have a siloed movement, but what happens when you have a segregated movement? Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you fix that? How do you fix a segregated progressive
3: movement? Mm -hmm. And And that's one of the things, so, you know, when we look at the amazing work that the young people have done recently around gun violence, you know, we need to recognize that gun violence has been going on. In, in the black and Latino community since the 70s, since drugs became rampant. And and so we have to make it clear to people that gun violence in our schools, gun violence at a concert, gun violence against unarmed black men and women are all the same part and parcel of, of the same thing. And and that is really a big issue that we have to deal with. And we have to talk with our our Caucasian brothers and sisters who I've had some conversations with them. And sometimes they are afraid to talk, speak out in their community. Hmm. And so we're at Thanksgiving. We don't want to, and this is what someone actually told me. We don't want to start a lot of trouble when grandma starts mouthing off something that's, markedly racist and then on the other hand we have our cousin across the table who's all tattooed just out of jail addicted to meth who's been wanting to beat us up ever since we announced that we're coming out the closet Hmm. you know and so they have their own issues um, that they need to definitely address in their community because a lot of the injustices and the inequity that exist in our community exists because of what goes on in their community. Mm -hmm. And we have to move to a point, and they have to move to a point where the real problem with racism in America is not skinheads and Nazis and others marching in Charlottesville. That sort of overt racism is easily condemned, but it's the quiet voice, the whisper in the ear that says, no, Tommy, You shouldn't play with him. He looks dangerous Mm. when it happens to be a black child. That is the most pervasive and harmful um, uh, type of racism that goes on in, in this country that needs to be challenged. And so we have to really push them. Um, and challenge them and challenge their commitment to peace and justice and equity when they do these things that that are siloed, and so we we are having some experiences with um big green organizations now um uh, where they want to come in and work in our communities, and Mustafa knows about mm. some of them where we just set conditions, we said, well, you can only come in the community and work." If you're going to do certain things, and if you're not going to do those certain things, we love you, we'll work with you, we'll support you, but you have to realize that the same Jamez principles and environmental justice principles that you agree with in terms of rhetoric, that communities should speak for themselves and lead themselves, that if that's not an actuality, then that's not justice.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, I think, man, that's, that's a that, that, thank you so much. Listen, you have heard from the amazing Reverend Leo Woodbury, keeping it 100 on Think 100%, one of the most amazing catalysts and experts on climate justice up here from South Carolina. And he, has, so he dropped some information for us that we will definitely be posting on the website. At Think100.info, you are listening to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change, and we are here discussing MOK at 50. Tomorrow will mark the 50-year, I guess, not anniversary, commemoration because I'm not not, happy about that um, of the assassination of Dr. King and how the fight for justice lives on right here. At WPFW, um, we will present MOK Interrupted, MOK um, at 50, where we will discuss poverty, racism, and economic equality 50 years later. That will start tomorrow on the anniversary on Wednesday, April 4th at 5 a.m. So get up early, set your alarm clocks when you're ready to go to work. We're going to start. We're going to be here all day long from 5 a.m to 12, midnight, and again, you can listen at WPFWFM.org, online, um, A9.3 FM, and WPFW, the app. Um, so, make sure you pay your cell phone bill so you can get the app and listen <laughs> on the app <laughs> so he can tune you in, you know, in the movement. Um, but man, right now in the studio, man, we have an amazing brother with us. We're going to keep this going. We have Damien Thaddeus Jones. He is currently the Environmental Justice Outreach Advocate at the Union for Concerned Scientists. He is an award winning, I wanna say that again. He's an award winning uh young leader who deploys faith, pop culture, and civic engagement as tools to empower everyday people he's an air force vet just like myself uh he's a former cbc staff member and he's a native of houston well hold that against him i like houston but louisiana you know is where it's at uh my brother damien welcome to think 100 Percent.
4: thank you thank you thank you thank you for being here um hello to your listeners and two things my mother would have me say Union of Concerned Scientists, and two, I'm a native of Jackson, Mississippi.
1: Oh, I like that better. So I'm, I'm yeah. okay with that. I'm okay, um,
4: Mississippi. But I but I went to college in Texas Southern University. So nah, now, just you, as proud. now
1: you now you don't going oh, off the no rails. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, nah, I got you know, I just give folks a how how you a shout out now? But we got
4: to give him a shout H- out.
1: HBCU lovers all Absolutely. day, every day. Absolutely. Um, in that process, um, also before I stop with you, actually, we you get to some of these questions. Tell me about you went to high school. Actually, high school and what you're doing in High school. High school actually got some uh, actually some good stuff going on right there right now as well. With me, yeah. You talking about you? Oh, with high schools? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. What well, high school did you go to? Oh, oh,
4: yeah. Um, I went to the Piney Woods School. Uh, thank you, Ray. I appreciate that plug. Okay. Uh, founded in 1909 by Doctor. Shout out
1: to Mark and Tess who gave the good research here. At oh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, yeah, yeah, great.
4: Yeah. So, founded in 1909 by Doctor. Lawrence C. Jones under the cedar tree um, to educate the head, heart, and the hands of the African American student who, in that time, uh, had very, very small resources toward education so he sat under a cedar tree and began um teaching that young child and so um yeah
2: piney woods is my school there's some things going on at piney woods so right
4: yeah um yeah i guess y'all want me to just roll it out so as we talk about energy democracy as we talk about self-sufficiency as we talk about uh spreading resources in uh, uh all communities uh piney woods has a solar program that's happening right now uh, that wants to train young people how to install solar on their roof and we talk about the advantages that can create in our communities also have there's 10 acres or more uh, maybe more than that or piney woods and we want to use that land as well to create energy back into the grid and create self-sufficiency for that that jewel that school that uh, is still there and so you can visit pineywoods.org or contact myself or uh, president of the Pinewood School, Will Crossley, and uh, uh, we can try to move that forward. But uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 really exciting. And that's something that Dr. King advocated for is opportunity
2: uh, for everybody. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, Damien, did you start your grassroots activism in Mississippi or in Houston? And, and how did that all come about?
4: Oh, mm-hmm. man. Um, thank you for the question. I, I grew up watching two freedom fighters and my mother and my father mm-hmm. uh, every day in the community, Boy Scouts, church, the Usher program. That's a serious program, Ushering, right? And uh, I was thinking about it yesterday. That's, that's
1: serious. You're <laughs> right. No, no, Usher is real serious now. It is.
4: You got to come in a straight face. If you open the door at the wrong time, you may get fired, brother. <laughs> and um, But, yeah, just watching my parents and um, in Houston— I knew I wanted to do something and I wanted to get involved in politics. And so as we talked about gun violence earlier, uh, Reverend Woodbury uh, and my colleague, Sharice Johnson, wrote a beautiful blog around gun violence and uh, how research plays into that. Um, but when Mike Brown died, me and two other friends, um, Shakira and Darrell, we started the Houston Justice Coalition to say no more. Mm. Three hundred and fifty times or more. Two hundred eight, eight times a cop was given a no bill in houston for shooting a civilian there's no way that there's no impropriety in that so we right. wanted to stand up and and say something and so it started there mm-hmm. um and just leading millennials and, and 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 giving a voice to it and saying no more and less talk more action mm-hmm. um and that uh translated into working in legislative spaces and uh working criminal justice as well and so it's, it's been really great
2: and dr king's legacy how did that play into your work
4: so i always go back to this. So. <clears throat> Dr. King's greatest speech to me is the drum major instinct. Mm-hmm. That's right, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, y'all. I know we about to wake it up, ribs. And about and about. so in Matthew twenty three and eleven, he says, "He that is greatest among you will be your servant." And so for me, all of the work that I do, be it in environmental justice, be it in uh, motivational speaking, be it in uh, criminal justice, uh, it's about fairness across the board fairness for everybody and say that we've got to continue to push on dr king knew that he was about to die and we talked about this earlier mm-hmm. he said i want to live a life of longevity it has its place but i also want to do the right thing so i rather live in truth and live well and not live so long but it's about standing tall giving voice to people let communities speak for themselves and lead uh themselves and that's something that we've tried to do at ucs as well and i know you're doing as well
2: so I know, you know, because we've known each other for a while, I know you are out across the country. You're on college campuses, yeah. especially our HBCUs. You yes. are in high schools yes. um, and, you know, just just Elementary connected. schools,
4: man. I lost my voice. Uh-oh,
2: and elementary schools. Okay. Yeah. So what are you hearing from young people about their expectations on climate and environmental justice?
4: That, that's a beautiful question. I'll, I'll say this. Research and development. Okay. Research and development. It's research that's going to really prove the point that our kids are being shot in the ptsd that that comes from it's going to be research that shows how many of our children are dying of asthma and i love that you always talk about erica Garner and eric garner yeah. and how she died from a heart attack that mm-hmm. was caused by asthma yep. in that cancer alley um i was just with dr wright Uh, just last week she participated in a program at UCS called the SAFE Project where we're bringing scientists and analysts together to be a force in equity. You know, it's, it's been really beautiful and she talked about and I want to get to this really quickly and she talked about the history of environmental justice movement 1982 with with reverend ben chavis and the united church of christ and All their right. involvement come on uh, now as well no seriously but, but i would also talk about executive order mm-hmm. one two eight nine eight yes sir you were there weren't you yes sir how was it i, 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 mean, I want to flip it on you a little bit because <laughs> i've been in this work a few years
1: yeah. but y'all have been living this facility. hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on, hold on. Let, me just, let me just let me just say this real quick i know david is young i was going to ask him a young question about you know being Young and all that. Why he gonna turn to Mustafa? Like as though like you was there when Jesus was born or something. I know, I'm usually the young one. Well, gonna be like, man, back in the day when they first wrote EJ Mustafa, how was that? Ah, I just I was just saying. No, no, you can't no, come not come because you can't come I know it's the coolest show on climate change. You can't come here and take the shots at my whole staff. Okay, okay, go ahead, Mustafa. How was it back then?
2: Well, long no, no, time no, ago. No. <laughs> no, go ahead, David. Finish up, bro.
4: But no, no, but but I mean, how was that being a part of that that day with Executive Order 128? And, and and what it brought for clean air and clean water uh, around this country?
2: I think it was a moment that. So many folks had worked for for literally decades. You raised, you know, Ben Chavis's uh, name, Reverend Ben Chavis, and Charles Lee, Vernice Miller, Travis, and Dr. Yes. Robert Buller, Dr. Yes. Beverly Wright. Yes. I mean, I can go on and on. Those are the folks who put the foundation together and those are the individuals who pushed because sometimes people get it twisted they think that folks in the government are the ones who are coming up with these innovative ideas about protecting our communities and that is a false narrative it is those individuals grassroots leaders those academics and others who were continuing when they couldn't get any attention to push to make sure that these tools were in place to better help to protect our communities. so for me being a young person at that time a very young person it was inspirational to see folks who look like me, who are making real change happen, and who are actually moving the president and vice president of the United States yeah. to do the right thing.
1: Yeah, me ask you a question, and I know you get involved with this a lot. Um, kind of, just have a two-part question actually. Sure, sure, sure. So one is actually, uh, uh, how old are you? Actually, uh, I'm thirty-three. Okay, it's my Jesus year. No, no, that's Man, a, that's a good response. I'm blessed.
4: I'm so blessed, real.
1: But so, Dr. King passed away six years, yeah. from where you are now, and literally you know when you were when you were born, you know Dr. King had already been gone for about you know about twenty some years, yeah right,
4: yeah, so some states feel still fighting to honor his own birthday it,
1: and that, and that and that and that and that's that's my question for you as a as a millennial, yeah right what is dr King because I mean a lot of times I think that it's all. For some people, they look back and it's just, you know, it's now a monument. Um, shout out to Alpha Phi Alpha, getting the monument up yeah, there. right, and, right, Harry Johnson. And all them. Yeah. Shout out to that. And shout out to this, all the folks who've come before in this movement. Um, but what, is, what does MLK mean to a millennial? That's the first part. Mm-hmm. And the second part of my question is that then how do we, now using our culture, how do we use hip-hop? Because obviously hip hop wasn't around with MLK.
4: Yeah, how yeah. do
1: we use hip hop in the spirit so that justice can live on? So, what does MLK mean to you as a millennial? Right, and how are we using hip hop today to fight for justice?
4: Don't let me lose that second question because no, it's I'm beautiful too. You, I'm not going to lose it. Um, and so MLK as as a millennial, what that means to I me, mean, I'm right on the cuff, so I can kind of fit in both, uh, thankfully, but. Uh, I think it's important to understand that Dr. King has been, as Dr. Cornel West calls, calls it, "Santa classified" hmm. over the years, and all we only know of Dr. King from uh, "I Have a Dream" speech, and we know that parts of that speech was was taken out, and so forth. But for Dr. King, it's about having no fear. You know, in the Bible, the the word uh, "Fear Not" shows up three hundred and sixty five times. So that tells us that every day we, we should wake up and move forward with a spirit of fearlessness. That's right. Whether it's Scott Pruitt, whether it's Donald Trump, uh, 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 or some other person who is not in the best interest of our lives around climate change and climate justice. Um, so for Dr. King, it's about no fear. When he went into Chicago in 1967, his life was in danger like never before. When right. he moved down the bridge in Selma, his life was in danger each and every day. And w- when he started the movement, It was Dr. King sitting down at 26 years old. Mm -hmm. So if Dr. King can step into a movement like like that and move this country forward, the Voting Rights Act, uh, public accommodations, better housing that we need. And and even today, our people are dying from lead, uh, Corin Gaines, uh, Freddie Gray and others. um, It's just been incredible. So for Dr. King, we could take so many different things. We could attack economic justice. We could attack environmental justice, segregation and those things. But just Dr. King says, I want to live well. And I'm going to tell the truth, and, and it's never a wrong time to do the right thing, and I'm just going to move uh, with no fear uh, to attack the, the forces of evil and those pushing back against those on the margins, uh, the 1% and 2%, those who are not concerned about everyday people.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and, and so don't lose the second part of that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but I actually want to ask you a follow to what you just said then. Then does that mean, because now let me ask you a question, since you've lived not through Dr. King, but you've lived through um President Obama. Yes, oh God. Does that mean in twenty fifty eight we will Santa Claus President Obama and make him this perfect with no flaws? Or will we talk about, you know, what he did, what he could have done better? Yeah. Like and like tell me now now that you've gone through the movement building and say that man, right now during my time of activism, this yeah. is what I saw. How do you then equate that for the next generation who made them look at President Obama yeah. the same way when they say this is the money for Barack Obama yeah. and they say, Man, he was just nothing wrong and he did everything by himself. Nobody did anything else for those for those eight years he was in office. And you're like, man, no, a lot of folks was working and yeah. and, and organizing. Yeah. Well, how do you speak to that moving forward for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um right, quickly I just want to give a shout out to you'll be 88 then. What? So you. will be eighty eight then. What? You will be eighty but fifty years and fifty years. Eighty five. Well you yeah, well, if well, you're thirty three now and you go back to that standpoint, you'd be, you be around, you'd be in your 80s. You'd be still young and vibrant.
4: How would Dr. King be now? 79? He'd be 89. 89 now. So you'd you yeah. be around that age. Yeah.
1: So 89 then, so how would you be now thinking about President Obama and looking forward? Like How would that affect you? And then don't forget the hip-hop question. First,
4: let me say, uh, I want to give a shout-out to Ken Kimmel. Uh, the president uh, of the Union of Concerned Scientists, Kathy Riz, Isaac, Shout director. Shout out Ken. Yeah, all the work that they do. And I hope we can get Ken on sometime. Well, yeah, we definitely going to do uh, that. Soon to talk about the great things happening
1: in the organization. Also, folks, stuff. Ali is on the board of UCS. Yeah. 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 Shout yeah. out stuff Ali. Yeah. Thank you.
4: It's an honor to be on Thank the board. Thank you for your service, brother. <laughs> um, wait, so your question, my question. Uh, yeah, so President Obama. Oh, my God. Um, Will
1: we set the clause him 50 years
4: from now? No, because here's the great thing about about, about Mr. Obama. He's not dead. Mm. He's still vibrant. Mm. He's still working. That's a great answer. He's still working. And and mm. so um he's still the Democratic president. Mm. And so he understands, he knows how to move. He understands what he needs to say, when to push back. He, his voice, he and Michelle's voice still uh uh can open some doors in this country. Uh mm. on international policy, on domestic policy. And so um uh, he's still kicking. Eric Holder still kicking. Uh, uh, Gina McCarthy still kicking. Uh, bill mckibben still can we have people who are still moving this movement uh forward but no we, we can't stand to uh, classify him because the, dr king his his movement his his energy his body uh was put to rest 50 years ago his spirit is still moving but president obama is still
1: here so we yeah, still have some time with that's, him. A, that's a great response hmm. we'll stop, we got some time for one more question we may we may i, I want you to make sure you get in this, we'll this question and in my question we'll hip hop question yeah, so go ahead and stop it first. Ask, ask your question and add mine on that.
2: Yeah, I was just going to share because I know that you are at the People's Climate March. You know, yeah. you're at the March for Our Lives. Um, you know, all of these really incredible moments that are happening. I'm curious, what changes do you see happening with all these incredible young leaders who are making their voices heard? I don't care what walk
4: of life you're in. I don't care what angle. I don't care what state legislator. Uh, We're in. I don't care what city hall we're in. I don't care what community center or whatever the issue may be because it's all intersectional. Intersectional, uh, rather.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on Think 100% The Coolest Show on Climate Change, a hip hop caucus platform. Let's keep this important dialogue going. Be a part of the conversation by following us on social media at Think 100 Show and at Hip Hop Caucus. Visit our website at think100.info for blog content, information on upcoming events, or to connect with us. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever podcasts are available so you'll never miss an episode. Rate and review us or simply tell a friend. Climate change impacts all of us. And if we think 100%, we can achieve a 100% sustainable and just world together.